Good morning, Lighthouse Baptist Church. Merry Christmas. It's good to see all of you. Let's start with a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for our church family. Thank you, God, that we get to gather together to read your word, to worship you, God. I pray that we will worship you today in spirit and in truth. I pray, God, whatever it is you have to say to us today, God, that you would speak it through your scripture, you would speak it through your Holy Spirit, God, that you would counsel us and lead us, lead us into better understanding of what it is you have to say to us, God. We love you. We thank you for speaking to us. God, we also thank you that you listen to us, God. I pray we would never take it for granted uh, that we have an audience with the throne of God. Uh, you're listening to us right now, and God, that is a miracle in itself. God, we love you. We thank you so much that you're not just God, you're God with us. Uh, so I pray that you would speak through me and help us through your Holy Spirit. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, this is our last week in our series called A Little Town of Bethlehem. We're looking at the manger scene, and we're looking at it by looking at the famous hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And in the first week, who do we look at? We looked at Joseph and Mary. And in the second week, we looked at the shepherds. The third week, we looked at the wise men. And we saved the best for last. This week, we're looking at Jesus. In the fourth verse of A Little Town of Bethlehem, what does it say? It says, Be born in us today. So obviously that's talking about Jesus. You can't have a manger scene without Jesus. Do you see how in the manger scene everything revolves around Jesus? There's a funny story that my mom told me about her manger scene. My dad's laughing because he knows this story already. Um, my great-grandma, we call her Granny, she gave my mom a manger scene. But there was only one problem. She gave baby Jesus to my cousin Kayla. <laughs> so what's my mom supposed to do with a manger scene without Jesus? Well, it's pretty much useless, isn't it? You can't have a manger scene without Jesus because everything in the manger scene revolves around Jesus. Everybody is here for and because of Jesus. In our passage today, it's in your worship guides. And if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me in your, in your Bible to Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. And in our passage today, we're going to find out more about the birth of Jesus. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. 
And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay, what is the first thing that we see about Jesus' birth in our passage? The first thing that we see is we see how Jesus was born. How was he born? Well, it says that when he was born, Mary wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Why did she do that? Was it to keep him warm? Yes, but it was more than that. In ancient times, they would wrap the limbs of babies with cloths. Why? So that they could keep their limbs in place and protect their limbs. Literally, Mary was making sure that Jesus' limbs would stay intact when she wrapped him in swaddling cloths. What does that show us about Jesus when he was born? What does that show us about the Son of God when he came into the world? It shows us that he came into the world in weakness. He was weak, wasn't he? He was a baby. He was helpless. He was totally dependent on Mary and Joseph. I mean, anybody who has a baby knows, or even if you've been around a baby, you know that babies are weak. They require constant attention. Imagine if you had two friends, a couple who had just had a baby, and you invited them to go see a movie with you. And while you're about to see the movie, the, the trailers are about to start, and you say, oh, uh, who did you get to babysit for your kids? What if they said, oh, we don't need a babysitter. He's fine. He's fine. He can change his own diaper. He can feed himself. He can milk himself. He can take care of himself. You would say, no, he can't. Babies can't take care of themselves. They're weak. They're small. They're helpless. Taking care of babies is a 24-7 job. But that means that if Jesus is God and Jesus was a baby, it means that God allowed himself to become weak, so weak that he would be totally dependent on the care of Mary and Joseph. In Jesus, God had to be nursed. God had to be fed. God had to have his diaper changed. That is how weak God became for us. But what does that mean for us? Why does it matter that Jesus became weak? Well, because if you say, I'm too weak for God to care about me, I'm too small for God to care about me at all, God says, don't you realize I was a baby? Don't you realize I was the smallest and weakest thing that you could possibly imagine a human being to be? If God cares about you so much that he would become weak for you, then what does that mean? It means that Christmas means God cares about weak people. God cares about helpless people. When Mary was helping baby Jesus, what does that show us? It shows us that God cared about us so much that he would become weak and helpless for us, which means nobody is too weak and nobody is too small for God to love them and care for them and associate with them. You may say, I'm too small and I'm too weak of a person for God, and yet God says, in Jesus, I was weak 
and I was small, and that means I care about those who are weak, and I care about those who are small. So what does Christmas mean? God saves and cares for helpless, weak people. Mary putting Jesus in swallowing cloths is an image of what God does for us. And in Jesus, we see God taking his greatest care of us. So we see how Jesus was born, but we also see where Jesus was born. Where was Jesus born? Well, we'll see later on that he wasn't born in an inn because the inn was full. So where was he born? Well, he was born most likely in a stable. He was born in an area where all of the animals stayed. And how do we know that? Well, we know that because they laid him in a manger. Do you know what a manger is? We often think manger is just a cute word for the bed that Jesus was laid on. But no, that's not what a manger was. A manger was literally an animal feeding trough. Where the animals go to eat out of is where Jesus was laid down. In other words, Jesus was laid down in the dirtiest, smelliest, most unclean place that a baby could be laid down into, which shows us what about where Jesus was born. Where Jesus was born, he was born in an unclean place. In Mark chapter 2, verse 13 through 17, so Mark chapter 2, verse 13 through 17, we read about when Jesus called Levi the tax collector. It says, Jesus went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi the son of Alphaeus sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus called Levi a tax collector. And what were tax collectors? They were considered to be the most unclean people around. They worked for Rome. Rome had just taken over their land. And yet their fellow brothers were becoming tax collectors. And most of them were known for taking some of the money on the side charging people too many taxes so that people were being extorted. People were having to pay too much money for their taxes. So tax collectors were hated. So when they saw Jesus calling Levi from his tax booth to, see, to be a tax collector, when they saw Jesus in his house sitting with tax collectors, eating with tax collectors, when they saw people who were known to be sinful people and he was eating with them, what did they say about Jesus? They said, Jesus is with unclean people. He's in an unclean place. In other words, Jesus didn't grow up to leave a manger. When people saw Jesus, where did they see Jesus? They saw him in a manger. Even as an adult, 
He was in the unclean places. He was with the people who were considered to be dirty, smelly, unwanted. Jesus <coughs> associates with those who are unclean. Not to leave them unclean, but to make them beautiful. The manger is known as the most beautiful place, not because it's an animal feeding trough, but because Jesus is there. And you might say, I'm too unclean for God. If God knew my thoughts, if he knew my actions, if he knew what I've done to people, if he knew how I've treated people before, if he knows what I still do in the present, well, then God wouldn't want anything to do with me at all. But what does Christmas show us? It shows us that Jesus was born in a manger. Jesus, where was he born? The most unclean possible place to be. And if Jesus can be born in a manger, then it means that he can be born in you. In other words, what Luke is trying to help us to see is that there's nowhere too unclean, dirty, or smelly for Jesus to be born into today. We see how he was born, weak and helpless. We see where he was born. He was born in a manger, but we also see why he was born. Why was he born? Why was Jesus born at all? What is the whole point of this? Well, he was born to come to you. He was born to come to all of us. But the Bible tells us that Jesus was often rejected. What did Jesus tell his disciples? If they reject you, then hey, they've rejected me. Jesus was familiar with being rejected. And if, it, if you're rejected, it means that you invited yourself into somewhere or someone's presence and it was denied. And where was the very first place that Jesus was rejected? Do you know? An inn. It says he slept in the manger because there was no room for him in the end. Now, of course, this wasn't a personal decision. They didn't say, oh, sorry, you're Jesus, get out of here. No, there was simply no more room in the end. And yet, he still experienced rejection. And what Luke wants us to see is that being rejected never kept Jesus from knocking on the door. It never kept Jesus from trying to enter in wherever he wanted to enter into. Jesus himself in the book of Revelation. What does he tell us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20? He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. We might say, Oh, I'm jealous that Matthew or we read his name as Levi, the tax collector, I'm jealous that him and all these other tax collectors got to sit and eat with Jesus. I wish he would do that with me. And Jesus says, I stand at the door knocking. All you have to do is open, and I will be with you just as I was with them. Jesus came to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is, will I be 
a manger? Or will I be an inn? Will I say, sorry, Jesus, there's no room in me for you? Or will I say, Jesus, I know I'm a smelly, dirty, unclean manger, but I know that you're knocking on that manger door, on the door of that stable. And God, I want you to come in and sit on the throne of my life. Will you be an inn or will you be a manger? Either way, Jesus stands at the door knocking, which means that he wants to come in. He wants to be with you. Why was Jesus born for you, to come to you? Now, we may say, how do we know that Jesus came for us? Maybe God just wanted to see what it's like to be a human. Maybe he just wanted to walk around in our shoes for a while. Well, we know that God didn't just want to see what it's like to be a human. Why? What is our sign that Jesus came specifically for us? How do we know he came for us? We know because of the cross. The cross is the ultimate way that we know that Jesus came for us. Everything that we've learned about the birth of Jesus points us to the death of Jesus. Yes, he was weak as a baby, but he would grow up to be weak on the cross. They pointed at him and they said, you who said you would destroy the temple and raise it in three days, you cannot even save yourselves. You're weak. You're helpless. On the cross, you cry out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All of your disciples have left you. Your God has left you. You are helpless and weak and abandoned. But he became weak to make you Strong. What did Paul say in Philippians? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He became weak so that we could be strong. He became unclean so that we could become clean. What does the Bible say about Jesus? It says, he who knew no sin became sin. On the cross, Jesus was taking all of our sins on himself. And when he died... That means our sin died too, which means that Jesus became unclean so that we could be made clean. And Jesus was rejected on the cross. Why? So that you could be accepted by God. Everything we see in the birth of Jesus points to how he would lay his life down for us. And what does that show us about Jesus? It shows us he wasn't just born. He was born for you. When Jesus was born, he was born for each and every one of you. And if Jesus is born for you, what does that tell you about you? It tells you that you were born for him. What does St. Augustine famously say? He says, You've made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in thee. 
We were made for God. We know that Jesus was born for us because we were born for him. And only when you realize that you were born for him, would you want him to be born in you. You will say, Jesus, if I'm born for you, then I want you to be born in me. Because when Jesus is born in you, what is born in you? Wonder, peace, joy, gratitude, everything that was experienced in the manger scene. In other words, a manger scene is not just something to look at on Christmas. A manger scene is meant to be experienced on the inside. When Jesus comes into your heart, when Jesus comes into your life, when Jesus is born in you today, you experience everything that was experienced in the manger scene. Like Mary and Joseph, all of your hopes and fears can be met by Jesus and you can be comforted. Like the shepherds, you can be filled with wonder and glorify and praise God. Like the wise men, you can give the gift of worship to God, but also know that the wondrous gift of God's precious Son has been given to you. Where would you rather have been that night? The inn or the manger? I know that I would rather be in the manger because that's where the wonder was, that's where the peace was, that's where the joy was, that's where the gratefulness was, that's where Mary treasured all of these things up in her heart. That's where all of the celebration was. And we learn that the manger scene is not something that happened back then. The manger scene that is something that happens in us. Christmas is not about learning that Jesus was born. Christmas is about learning that Jesus can be born in you today. Your heart can become the manger scene. I'd rather be at the manger than the inn. Why? Because Jesus was in the manger. And wherever Jesus is, that's where we find what we were born for. That's what we find what we're longing for. Are you longing for hope, for joy, for peace? Everything we sing about in Christmas, when Jesus is born in you, those things are born in you. And we don't just read about them, we experience it then because Jesus can be born in us today. He's not just a God we read about, he's a God who's with us. And he's a God who comes to be in us and goes with us every where we go. And on Christmas, that is what we celebrate. We celebrate that when we open the door, it's not like nobody is there. We celebrate that because Jesus was born in the manger, Jesus now stands at the door and knocks. And we can open the door and allow him into our hearts and know that we have him forever. Let's pray. God, we pray that you will be born in us today. God, we pray that we will know that you're here with us, you're present with us, dear Lord. God, we thank you that you were born on Christmas, but we celebrate Christmas because, God, you're not just a nice story, and you're not just 
news about what happened then, your news about what happens now. God, we have all that we need in you. The Bible tells us, be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. I'll never forsake you. How do we know that, God? We know that because of Jesus. We know that because Jesus was born, because he died for us, and because he rose again. We love you so much. We're so thankful and grateful. Please help us to remember that Christmas is about Jesus being born in us. We love you, God. We thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Well,